Welcome to Factor Magri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, industry and policy makers to hear their stories and expert opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week, I'm catching up with Grant Bunting, General Manager of Systems and Supply at ANSCO. Grant is also Chair of a Processor Working Group that is supporting Hiwaka Ekanoa to achieve farmer-led emission reductions. Let's check in with Grant now. Hello Grant, thank you for your time today. No problem. Now I know you work for ANSCO. Outside of your role with ANSCO, you're Chair of the Processor Working Group. What's the group all about and what are you trying to achieve? Yeah, well, the group was formed uh, well, really late last year, but it, it, it met in earnest at the start of this year. And um, it largely it was uh, driven from the requirement for the industry to demonstrate its support for Hiwaka Ekanoa. So, um, you know, there was some fantastic work done at the end of last year by um, Frontier in terms of what they did to support their producer base around, um, you know, the recognition or knowing your greenhouse gas number and and the basis of farm planning and the likes. And um, I suppose in some ways we saw that as a challenge to ourselves in terms of what could we do as an industry to engage our processes in a way that allowed us to also provide them with that support. But bearing in mind, we're a, you know, we're a collection of um, entities as such that um, exist in their own rights. So we don't quite have... Um, the ability to leverage a cooperative supply base as a whole. But, um, you know, in terms of the members that exist, there are certainly things we felt we could do um, consistently and, and, and some collaboratively across um, across the meat industry itself that, that, that would achieve the objectives of uh, Hiwaka Kanoa. Mm. Does the group support a farmer-led approach to reduction in emissions compared to farmers being dragged into the ETS and made accountable at a processor level? Oh, look, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's two probably two parts to that. Obviously, if if it was to transpire that um, agriculture entered the ETS, then it's been mooted that um, you know processes would be would be tasked with the with the transactional activity. Um, that in itself, you know, complex. Um, but you know, I think uh, I think it's great that we've we've managed to reach a point where uh, on the basis we can we can demonstrate engagement that we get to uh, position ourselves or if you like take take some control of our destiny around what it might look like then um then just simply one size fits all yeah because i guess it doesn't incentivize good practices does it because if farmer a is doing an exceptional job on his property and farmer b isn't farmer a doesn't see the benefit for for that good work going in right well they they did right actually too but there's also the whole definition of what is a good job sure like um you know um as it stands at the moment you know the interpretation is fairly generic Mm. um you know and and you look at some of the challenges that exist with other aspects of regulation at the moment new zealand long you know long skinny uh country the the environmental implications in the far north are very very different from those in the far south um and then you translate that to the various activities that exist across ag uh, in terms of you know farming systems, um, you know uh, there's got to be a lot more consideration to what farmer A and farmer B might be doing and trying to achieve than just the straight out comparison. Mm. Now, 
By the end of 2021, 25% of New Zealand farmers are expected to know the annual total on-farm greenhouse gas emissions. And of course, that number increases to 100% by the end of 2022, or the expectation is. Is that going to be achievable? Oh, look, I, I've got no doubt that the 25% will be achievable because there's two components to that. It's not only we've got to know the emissions, we've also got to ensure that farmers, you know, have got a demonstrable plan in place to, you know, demonstrate that, um, you know, that they've got um, consideration to, to mitigation or the like. So, um, you know, I, I think there's no doubt the 25% is achievable. Um, the 100%, you know, um, I, I guess some of the difficulty in, uh, that's laying that today, the 100% of what I think we've landed now at, at a definition around what a what a farm is, is deemed to be and in turn what that means then by way of the total number of farmers so uh, i think certainly at that point um you know having having clarity around uh what what the ultimate goal is in terms of numbers has been certainly very beneficial um and and yeah look i'd like to think it's achievable there's certainly nothing to suggest it isn't it's just going to be a lot of work Mm. And you mentioned the word demonstrable. Um, how's the process group engaging, or the process going, engaging with farmers and supporting them through this process? Yeah, look, so today we've, um, you know, and I must point out, you know, the, the meat industry as such isn't represented on the Hewaku Kanawa Steering um, Group. So um, um, we, we've, um, you know, we're led in that instance by Beef and Lamb, who, um, you know, representative of of pastoral farming to that extent. So, you know, what we've done is um, we've aligned uh, with beef and lamb in the sense that, you know, we're adopting the greenhouse gas calculator. Um, so we've, you know, we've looked at the myriad of calculators that are out there. It's um, it's, it's a good tool. Uh, it's certainly, uh, unlike others, it gives consideration to uh, sequestration, which is exceptionally topical when, when farmers are contemplating, um, you know, their unproductive land as much as their productive land. Um, and in introduction with that, you know, we've, we've, we're going to, um, you know, align with some of the initiatives around, um, whether it be workshops, um, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that the meat industry as a whole doesn't necessarily have the extension capabilities that exist in the form of beef and lamb, but there are certainly things we can do amongst our producer base where we can um, seek to educate our farmers. And again, the benefit of this group is we can do so consistently. Uh, historically, it may have been that we've all been well-intentioned, but uh, you know we've 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 gone off and in our own rap, right, perhaps compounded the problem because our messaging hasn't quite been on point. Uh, the benefit of the group here is that we've got a, you know a consistent um, a consistent uh, platform, for want of a better word, that allows us to leverage messaging across uh, across all the companies, and then it's really going to boil down to how um, each of us feels we can, you know, best engage with, with our producers uh, and farmers. For some, that'll be workshops. For others, it might be, um, you know, just by way of our livestock uh, representatives and the lights. Um, but, but in the major instance, it'll be, you know, what can we do around communication? And what can we do to make sure the messaging's out there? You know, the farmer base at the moment, as you you know probably well aware, um, completely inundated with... Um, a variety of uh, compliance requirements um, that in itself you know that could lead to a sense of apathy certainly frustration uh, and what we've got to do here is make sure we get the message across that look in this particular instance um, this is a very positive uh, a positive discussion in the sense that it gives us a voice and it gives us some say on what what might actually be the outcome so uh, amongst all that uh, you know all that angst that exists at the moment 
this is one area in which um, farmer engagement is is going to be most critical. Yeah, and, and just on that, farmers could be forgiven for thinking this is just another shot to the stomach. But are farmers that you're talking to taking a proactive approach, or is there apprehension? Oh, look, there's no doubt there's apprehension, um, absolutely. But you know, I've been in this game for a while, and you know, I've I find um, you know farmers producers most resilient, and um, and look, we'll you know we'll respond, um, and 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 it's probably often that's a product of actually being able to understand which of the you know which of the particular topics or for want of a better issue you know which are of, of, of significance or importance so if we can get the messaging right around this then um you know i've got no doubt that that farmers will engage i think the challenge the challenge we face at the moment is in amidst all the noise that's out there around the variety of topics that farmers are having to grapple with is um you know h- how do we get uh, when you're faced with not so much the 25 percent but when you're faced with the 100 percent objective Mm. Now, how do we engage with the middle, the middle of the curve, for want of a better word? Because mm. that, that's where the value lies. How do we get those, the majority of farmers, um, to to move in a way that actually allows us to have confidence around that that hundred percent? Um, mm. You know, the early adapters, um, you know, they typically evolve as they do. Um, the laggards have got their own challenges in the sense of long term what that might actually mean for them in terms of farming in general. But at a hundred percent of of, of farmers, you know, we've got to be confident that we're engaging with with those farmers right up and down that bell curve, with a view to the fact that we absolutely need them to engage in a way that allows us to say that they know their number and that they're, um, you know, they're in the means or process of undertaking a farm plan. Mm. Have you had a look through Beef and Lamb's calculator? Yeah, look, we've been um, fortunate to. Um, have been involved with beef and lamb as, that, as the calculators evolve. Um, you know, there's still a few things that maybe in it are, um, are going to require some refinement, and then we've, you know, we've got undertaking from um, from beef and lamb themselves that you know it's a work in progress, and there'll be subsequent iterations in terms of the software. Um, you know, but you know, as I said earlier, there's there's a myriad of calculators out there at the moment. Then itself probably, you know, adding to some of the confusion. But um, <coughs> you know, we we feel confident in this particular tool. Mm. Um, it gives consideration to sequestration, which is, con- you know, very topical uh, in the eyes of our processor base. Um, mm. You know, so that in itself is making the messaging a lot easier. Um, it also uh, gives greater consideration to to stock movements in itself. That adds a bit of complexity. But you know, the assumption that um, pastoral beef and sheep farmers have, um, you know, a set a set stock component. Uh, year round it isn't actually quite accurate and um yeah we we might have maternal ewe flocks and um maternal cow heads that uh, cow herds that don't necessarily change um year on year but you know we do find ourselves with um you know finishing lambs and and finishing uh the various classes of livestock that aren't on the farm for, for the duration of the year if you like let alone grazing scenarios whereby we may take on winter, uh, you know, winter grazing contracts for, you know, historically dairy herds or something. You know, so again, the calculator's done a great job in the fact that it, it tries to give consideration to the movement of livestock in the course of a year and doesn't just assume opening and closing balances are static. Also, I think it's important to recognise the good work farmers have already done in recent times to improve their footprint, don't you? 
Oh, look, you know, and, and, and this is, you know, to be fair, this is probably an undertone at the moment around just the contribution from farming in general, right? Um, you know, mm. and in and, and this specific instance, um, you know, look, there's there's been considerable work done. Um, I don't know whether people have always necessarily understood or farmers have necessarily understood that it, it has material uh, consequence in terms of the actual footprint, you know, footprinting and carbon footprinting and and knowing your greenhouse gas numbers, you know, these these sort of terminologies are, are quite still quite new. Mm, um, mm. But, you know, um, a lot of the work that's gone on on farms in recent times um, will have largely had a very positive impact on what it is um, that they're going to actually end up measuring by way of their greenhouse gas number. Mm, mm, indeed. Now, look, we are one of the most efficient food producers on the planet, and New Zealand is continuing to lead the way. As a small nation with pasture-based systems, we can feed around 50 million people, give or take. Do you see a future where we can demand a significantly higher price for our food products? Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, and certainly from a meat industry perspective, that's a, that's a $60 million question where, um, you know, we're constantly faced with in terms of translating you know, expectation um, back to value on farm. Mm. Um, you know, certainly we always like to think that our uh, products will warrant um, a return consistent with that of um, both the effort and cost that goes into producing them. I think we'll find there'll be a balance. I think there'll be a balance between what's recognised by way of actual tangible return. But the also the other thing we can't lose sight of here is that um, you know, a lot of those markets we take pride in supplying um, have a reasonably high hurdle in terms of access. So in some instances, there might be a trade-off. What, what doesn't translate necessarily in price uh, might actually be reflected in the fact that we, you know, we have the ability to command a presence in that market where others don't simply because they can't demonstrate um, the same level of, um, you know, compliance or same level of, um productivity or provenance that we get to. Mm. Grant, I know you're busy, so I thank you very, very much for your time today. Look, no, there's no problem at all. If I could, just in closing, like, um, encourage, um, you know, farmers and producers of, of all uh, of all work to, um, you know, check out. We, we've, we've, as part of our collaborative efforts, we've created a, um, a web page that we're, we're directing people to. Um, it's called... Um, uh, ghgnumber.co.nz. What we're trying to do there is, um, you know, that 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 is one platform where farmers can go in the first instance. That then introduces themselves to well, what it is that we're trying to achieve, but also has a nice handy link to the beef and lamb calculator as well. Fantastic. Thanks, Grant. No, good as gold. Thanks, Angus. Cheers. Grant had some great thoughts for farmers, and indeed highlighted some of the key issues farmers are facing through this challenging time. Farmers, if you want to stay out of the emissions trading scheme, then you need to engage in this process. If farmers enter the ETS, that will trigger an enormous amount of policy and tax that farmers will not have control over. And it will hit farmers deep in the pocket. In my view, that is a frightening prospect. Things are tough enough as they are. Policy and the Paris Agreement aside, consumers will demand more and more from a traceability and sustainability perspective from food producing nations. We need to ensure 
we continue to lead the pack. I encourage you farmers to ring your meat processor rep and have a yarn about this. You can also go to ghgnumber.co.nz That's www.ghgnumber.co.nz to find out more and get the process started. Thank you for listening and catch you next time on Factum Agri.